Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are continuing on with our series on how to avoid astrological burnout by talking about the planet Mars. Now, I wasn't originally intending to include Mars in this series because honestly, I don't hear people, you know, freaking out about Mars all that often. But in the comment section of the previous videos in this series, don't be afraid of Pluto, Neptune, uh, Uranus, Saturn. Um, I noticed that there were a lot of comments saying, please do one on Mars. Okay, I already have a bunch planned for the houses. We're going to look at the 8th house, the 12th house, stuff like that, but uh, the 6th house. Um, but I was really, I was sort of surprised to see that people were really um, pining for a video discussing Mars. But actually, the more I thought about it, the more I got it. I was like, yeah, I mean, Mars is definitely one of those planets when it comes up by transit. It's a little bit faster moving and maybe people tend to focus on the outer planets because the aspects that they make in our natal chart are so long lasting. But Mars can still be a planet that gives people some anxiety. And the purpose of this series is to help us alleviate anxiety by deepening our relationship to the symbols and trying to understand, you know, what there is to learn from them, how to work with them, and how to turn the archetypal jewel, as I like to say, so that we uh, catch images and impressions of the archetype that are a little bit more positive or even more process oriented so that we can understand what we're learning <clears throat> or how we're changing or growing or evolving in relation to the transits of the planets, even when some of their more challenging significations do show up in our experience. Anyway, it's been a real joy to do this series. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. If you haven't seen the previous videos in the series, you can go and check those out as well. Uh, they're in the archives, How to Avoid Astrological Burnout. We're on part six. So there's a bunch of videos previous in the series that I think you might enjoy. Today, we're focusing on Mars. So before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments and reflections, uh, especially if you have a Mars placement or a Mars transit, uh, a good story that you can share with us. You can always use the hashtag grabbed or email your stories grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. If you don't want to share your story in the comment sections, uh, we I should have, after eclipse season uh, has wrapped up now, I'm getting ready for another grabbed episode. Those always take longer because we have to go through hundreds of stories and reading all of them and then like narrowing it down to a set of stories that'll really make for a really good episode uh, is, you know, time consuming process. So they don't come out all that often for that reason, but we're hoping to do one soon. So if you've got a story, feel free to share it. You can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com. And don't forget we are in the midst of enrollment season. So if you pop over to the website and click on the courses tab, first year course in particular, and you can scroll down. We start on November 18th. This is a one-year class in ancient Hellenistic astrology with a modern archetypal and psychological twist. Uh, we start with the basics and work our way through a very well-structured curriculum. There's 30 classes on the year. They're all held via live webinars. If you can't attend live, everything's hosted on the class website for you to watch or download to a device. Uh, there's also 12 guest teachers. We have an interactive group forum discussion with tutors. You can always ask questions too. You can email me anytime throughout the year with questions about what we're studying. There's a lot of interactive time and space in the classroom for Q&A. We have breakout study sessions with tutoring staff, a workbook, recommended reading, bonus videos, tons of material for you to go as deeply as you intend to go. Some people take the class with the certification track and exam at the end because they want to go professional. Some people just take it for fun. 
because this is your hobby. There's an early bird payment, saves you $500 off. That's at the bottom of the page. There's a payment plan. If you need it, you can spread the payment out over the course of uh, the year. And then be sure to check out need-based tuition assistance. We do, we do still have spots available for people who need a little bit of help to make the program possible. Maybe you have a lot of student debt or you're a single parent, um, or maybe you're just on a very tight fixed budget with your family. We understand that everyone has a unique situation. We want to make sure no one's priced out. So if you could use that, please do apply for the need-based tuition. If you have any questions about the program or the funding options for the tuition, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Really excited to see some of you in the new class soon. Um, okay, so on that note, let us switch <clears throat> our uh, view here. And today, like I said, we're going to be talking about Mars. And, you know, I want to say just two things about uh, why we're doing this series. One is because sometimes when you're consuming astrological content over the course of many years of your life, you will come to develop low-grade anxiety in the same way that people who, I don't know, who watch a, a regular gossip column or the news or whatever, uh, even sports, will get have like low-grade anxiety because... Um, you know, in sports gambling, they say, make the game better this Sunday, but get your sweat on and put a bet down on these online uh, sports gambling websites. Like we need anything more to get us anxious and, you know, put, get our adrenaline going. But the truth is that astrology can be just like a, get your sweat on this week. It's a Mars Pluto week or something like that, you know? So we have to be careful that we're not feeding into the tendency that we have to want to stay hooked on something dramatic. I don't think there's life is dramatic. Life is drama. Life is meant to be. It's like I'm I'm a very carpe diem kind of person. You know, let's let's live on the stage of life to the best of our abilities. Let's get invested in a life that we're living. But I don't think that in addition to that, we need to amplify what is already a dramatic experience, just being alive by making everything seem more dramatic than it has to be or that it really is. And um, I think we do that with astrology. So the first reason we do this series is to help you, you know, um, just to not do that. We This series is meant to help you catch yourself if you're investing the your interest in astrology with more uh, existential anxiety than there needs to be. The second reason that we do this is also to educate so that people can get a, a more well-rounded understanding of the planets, maybe a more positive, constructive, optimistic view, if that's what you want to call it. I try not to make this like, you know, uh, unicorn poop, <laughs> you, know, you know, like uh, let's try to be real, but also constructive. And um, if this series can help you see I mean, at this point in my life, for example, I would no longer describe Mars as a terrible, vicious god of war who's just here to make my life miserable with conflict and hostility. <laughs> you know, I don't describe Mars that way anymore because I've learned over the years to understand that each of the planets are, each of the planets is a teacher. And um, it, maybe teacher isn't even the right image, a guide, a friend an aspect of God, a part of my own soul. There's so many different ways of describing what the planets are other than, you know, in, like invasive agents of, of frustration or stress. And I think the way we describe planets at the very least can become more well-rounded or balanced um, or at the, 
you know, I guess even, you know, maybe, maybe just more, more broadly speaking, we can avoid thinking of planets too narrowly. So we're just broadening our perspective or we're getting a more positive and holistic understanding of, of how the planets are here to help us. So that's the purpose of talking. That's the second purpose of why we do this series. So anyway, why are people scared of Mars? It boils down to three main things. I've just put three categories of symbolism that people tend to stress out about with Mars. Although honestly, I would say, you know, I get, I see the least amount of fear and anxiety about Mars compared to say Pluto or the, you know, the outer planets or Saturn, but Mars is probably still up there, especially the way you guys responded in the comments section. Number one is that Mars brings, this is the perception, Mars. Oh boy, here comes a Mars transit. It's going to bring, bring conflict, violence, and anger, just pure God of war stuff. So Mars is going to bring conflict into your relationships. It might bring violent uh, emotional outbursts. It could bring, um, you know, sort of angry reactions and stuff like that. So generally speaking, people get worked up about Mars because they think that Mars is going to come in and just terrorize their, their life. Even if it's just a brief Mars transit in your chart or in the sky, you hear Mars and you think, great. Um, there's going to be turmoil, conflict, uh, you know, I'm going to get angry, I'm going to have tr trouble with my temper, or someone is going to lash out at me, whatever. Um, no one wants to hear that you're going into a period of turmoil, crisis, uh, confrontation and hostility with people you love or at the workplace or, you know, you, we don't, we want to be, most of us want to be dealing with kind of like manageable, tranquil waves of experience. Okay, there's ups and downs, but they're not, it's not spiking me into, you know, some kind of fever range of, um, of anger or uh, hostility or whatever. So that's one reason that people will just get freaked out about Mars. Okay, Mars brings these really undesirable feelings or experiences. Number two is that Mars brings injuries, accidents, and intense emotions. Again, I'm just kind of camping these together, um, you know, in ways that make sense. But the the big one with Mars is, okay, things that are outside of your control will come in and, and provoke you to have really intense response or will cause a fender bender or will break your thumb or, you know, something like that. It will it will bring, it's like, it's like a, you know, a missile <laughs> coming into your life and just wreaking havoc and bringing things that you can't control that will hurt or that will be unfortunate in some way, or that will provoke within you a response that you don't have control over, or that is just really, really intense, like a, like boiling water or something. So understandably, these are not particularly enjoyable qualities, right? Um, and Mars does, in fact, like Mars can be associated with everything that I've said so far. I think there's going to be, you'll see that there's a way we can understand and hold these experiences that's a little bit more well-rounded, and we'll get to that in a second. Number three is that Mars brings frustration and hostility. And I've already mentioned the word hostility a few times, but frustration is an important one because basically one of the things that Mars represents is always going to be associated, at least in modern astrology, psychologically with our will, our willpower. And so Mars transits are often associated with willpower, but even more, um, you know, Mars is associated with frustrations of the will. I'm trying to do this. I want to do this. I'm aiming, I'm intending, I'm desiring for something, but I'm being met with either hostility or opposition or my will is being frustrated. So it's just, well, 
Mars experience, okay, buckle up for feeling like you're being thwarted. Your will is being thwarted or you're feeling frustrated because something is standing in your way that you have to contend with or somehow overcome. So that's frustrating. And there's something to this. Mars is associated, for example, through the joys of the houses with the sixth house, which is a place of hardship, misfortune, accidents, injuries, and things that you have to persevere and overcome. All sorts of things, even things that are ultimately good for you. For example, if you're going to train to run a marathon, you got to run a lot. You got to train a lot. Well, that can be very frustrating. It can involve a lot of suffering and so forth, but you have to overcome that if you're going to cross the finish line. We're going to talk more about this kind of thing in a minute. But the bottom line is that most people don't experience it like that. They're going to just feel like, oh, a Mars trans is coming great. Something is going to be frustrating my will or my desires or my aims or my goals or my ambitions. So if this was it, we'd have a pretty, like a honestly, like a pretty difficult Mars, a, a, a pretty difficult planet. Conflict, violence, anger, injuries, accidents, intense emotions, intense responses, things coming in that are sort of invasive and that make us overreact, things that make it difficult to control our emotions, uh, frust frustrating things that thwart our will, hostility, feeling that something is uh, opposing us or thwarting us. Like none of that is particularly fun. So yeah, these are probably the main reasons that people would hear about a Mars transit and get anxious or, um, or instantly, like the very significations we're talking about, start feeling frustrated or it can bring up intense emotions before anything's even really happened. And you have to be careful with the planets like this. For example, you see a Saturn transit coming and you start getting depressed. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you have to be careful that in the way that you think about planets, you're not sort of, you know, signing up for something right away in your psyche or in your consciousness in the very way that you're thinking about them. Because as soon as the planet comes up, the field of the planet as an archetype is there. You're entering into it by means of the, the, the pathway in the pathway into it is already there in terms of how you're thinking about it. And, and so it's really important to be aware of that. Not that we always have total control either. I'm not, uh, preaching some gospel of utter control. Sometimes we're pretty helpless in terms of the way in which we're going to engage with the archetype um, mentally or emotionally. And that might be as a matter of karma or destiny or um, or something we're meant to learn or, or whatever. So I'm not even trying to advocate for some kind of hyper, you know, like white knuckled control of everything. I don't like that. I, you know, I don't even think that's what mindfulness, like we talk about mindfulness. I don't even think that that's what mindfulness is. Well, just be so Zen that you're in control of everything. I think it has to do a lot. Mindfulness, in my opinion, has more to do as someone who's been a long time meditator and someone who's incorporated prayer into their life for a long time. I think that um, these practices are meant to help us catch ourselves going down sequences of thought, action, behavior, and to reflect, to be reflective so that we can adjust. And sometimes, you know, the ability to adjust is not like you know, it's, it's not some radical readjustment. It's a slight adjustment that will be slightly better than where we were going, you know, but we'll take that, you know? So anyway, so what does Mars actually bring or what, what are some ways that we can, um, hold this archetype that are perhaps more constructive looking at them from the process oriented evolution or unfolding of a soulful life? Most of us would frame a soulful life in terms of learning, growth, reflection, depth, 
deepening intimacy. So <clears throat> from this perspective, how can we understand what Mars is doing? Well, number one is that there, Mars is always bringing opportunities for courage under fire. So I want to share with you guys, no, I love my etymologies. So I brought some etymologies today. <clears throat> so the word uh, courage has to do with the heart and its innermost feelings. Uh, that comes from the old French and from Latin core, which is the heart. Um, and we also have the idea that there is um, something in here about the strength and innermost quality of the heart. This is what Mars brings. It's You don't think often of Mars as a planet associated with the heart, but consider that Mars's sign of Aries is also the sign in which the sun is exalted. And so the extent to which we respond to challenges, to adversity, to what feels like a, a confrontational force, quality, thought, emotion, experience, and we, un, we, we respond to something incoming that feels intense or maybe hostile, and we recognize, I am going to respond in this moment from my heart, from a position of strength, not dominance, from a position of humble, uh, a humble but strong heart. The humble, strong heart. That's a good way of thinking about it. I'm going to respond from that place right now. Oh, I didn't. I got mad. I got angry. I overreacted. But in those moments, what is our conscience really telling us? Oh, you didn't, uh, you didn't behave according to some kind of moral code. No, you didn't behave according to your heart. That's, if, if there's anything to feel, I don't know, a little bit embarrassed or, or ashamed of if we, you know, if we overreact or we get angry or we get hostile or we get um, brought into some kind of conflict where we really lose ourselves, it's not that, well, you got something wrong. You know, you, you, you miss the mark. No, it's that you lost your heart. Courage is really about being in your heart and being in the truth of your heart, especially when the, the stakes are high, the intensity is high. It's easy, in other words, to sort of be in our hearts and act from the heart when things are calm and tranquil. But when things are very intense and we have to make that decision, to stand in the heart, to, which is a soft, loving, compassionate, open space. But we can stand in there with a heart that's on fire. That's really every, if I reflect back on the most significant Mars transits of my lifetime, when planets were transiting my natal Mars, for example, it's every time that was the lesson. You can be strong and soft. You can be gentle, kind, and strong and firm at the same time. Okay, you missed the mark a little bit. The embarrassment and shame isn't that you you didn't act according to some kind of moral code written on a stone tablet somewhere. It's that you are strong in your heart and you 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 fell out of that place. What a what a sweet, loving, compassionate message to to receive actually. Oh, I do have a strong heart. And the reason I know I have a strong heart is because I know that I could have responded from that place, maybe a little bit more or a little bit better. Um, and that that's the call of the heart. It's like a, a, a place that we're always being trained 
uh, to stand in when times are hard, when the stakes are high. So that's one way of looking at Mars. It doesn't always happen in the moment because in the moment when you're being tested, it's really hard to have that kind of reflective distance to, to see it that way. But over time, if we look at Mars constructively, when something's coming at us in the times you remember where you, you kept a clear boundary, you spoke truth, but you spoke it in kindness without any, you know, vindictiveness or aggression, you know, you didn't, uh, try to demand something, uh, in, in exchange or, or you know, you didn't become a tyrant somehow though, you know what that's like. That's a, that's a feeling of like, I, I was strong in that moment. And it could be just a little micro moment. I was just, I was strong when I felt like someone was coming after me in a certain way that was really uncomfortable, even just with their tone of voice or something. Okay. You know exactly what it's like to feel that strength. That's the strength of the heart. And Mars is about finding that and learning how to live from that space when, uh, when the heat gets turned up. Number two, Mars cuts, frees, and empowers. So one of the things that Mars does is it severs, it cuts things like a knife or a sword. When Mars, excuse me, um, <clears throat> when Mars cuts, it also frees. It's sometimes painful for cords to be cut, but most of the time in reflection, when I hear my clients and I look back at my own life or students or all of you out there and the stories that you've shared, you go through a time where Mars has severed something. It's cut a bond or a relationship. It's severed a tie or an attachment. You feel stronger. You feel like you have the word, maybe is the word is uh, individuated, that you've taken a step forward in terms of being more independent and capable. And you feel like unhealthy attachments or entanglements were, were, were cut and there's a freedom in that. There's an empowerment in that. Now, not always. Sometimes when Mars cuts things, it just really hurts and there's no need to spin the experience in some ultra positive way. Um, but in time, what I've noticed is that the things that Mars cuts and severs usually have the effect of empowering people and helping them to feel more free or, you know, I just, Ooh, I, I get so annoyed by the word sovereign. <laughs> it's just like such an annoying word to me, but, um, but it is a little bit like that. I'll, I'll give some credit right now to, <laughs> you know, to that word. You feel like you have a little bit more sovereignty because sometimes when things are cut or severed, you have to learn through the pain of how to stand alone or to stand on your own when something is taken away or someone is taken away, even if it's just brutally painful. One of the byproducts over time is that you often learn how to be resilient, how to be independent. You learn that you're more capable than you thought you were. And so Mars uh, in that sense is like cutting an umbilical cord. And there's a lot of that that happens in, in life. I think it's sometimes the most painful experiences we have are the ones where cords are cut. Um, cords that bind are often cords of love. And yet love is this interesting dance that's always taking place between independence and dependence. We have to separate and be apart in order to fully appreciate the object or desire of our love or affection. There's always need for individuation and then coming back together. This is why Venus and Mars are also opposites. People don't have a problem with Venus because generally speaking, people like the coming together, you know, 
we don't like Mars so much because Mars is about the pushing apart. Well, if that's personally empowering, then we love it. You know, if it makes us feel strong and awesome about ourselves, we love it. But if it takes us apart from something that has been the object or a desire or an attachment that we've had, then we find it to be incredibly painful. And yet over time, those moments of severing or separating are often some of the things that empower us the most and end up making us more capable of being in healthy, cooperative relationships with other people or participants in uh, collaborations. Uh, individual strength is necessary for cooperative um, uh, for cooperation as well. So uh, over time, I've learned that when Mars cuts things to just feel the pain and don't try to make anything out of it, but to trust that in time, whatever I am now being asked to do more independently or apart from something that has been, it's been painful to be separated from that th this could be a good thing in time. I have to trust the process. So Mars is a planet that's also always helping us to become stronger in ourselves. It's a planet that unlike Venus is very much about individuality. Um, and again, we like that if it feels good. <laughs> We don't like that process when it's when it's painful, and yet they're almost always both in both instances the same thing is happening in time. Number three, Mars brings perseverance, sacrifice, and passion. I don't know what is that, that there's anything in life that is really deeply substantive that doesn't require passion. Passion literally means the etymology means again to suffer alongside of or to suffer with or to suffer with what we carry in some kind of love and attachment now i just spoke to the fact that we don't like mars because it separates us but there's always a little bit of venus and mars and mars in venus just like the yin and yang circle has a speck of black in the white and white in the black Opposites archetypally in ancient astrology are always fundamentally connected in ways that are not immediately apparent to us. But if we spend time reflecting, we'll see. So for example, Mars is very much about what we are attached to in suffering. Um, for example, I'll just give a, a you know timeless example. The soldier who goes through boot camp and the soldier who fights for a cause or the activist or whoever is fighting for something. They are suffering and they're holding something that's burning their own hands. Um, and their, their, their passion is something that they, it, it, passion is what is, allows us to carry things that are sharp in our own hands. For example, people who study astrology, people who study art or music or medicine or anything, you'll, you'll suffer for long periods of time in the process of apprenticing of long days reading, struggling to understand. You're pouring a metaphorical blood, sweat, and tears into something that you love because you love it. You're willing to, to experience the pain, the hurt, the burn. If you like working out, I love working out because it helps me. I have to be, it's like either, and either you're in touch, and this is my just my experience speaking, you're either in touch with something in your life intentionally that, requires passion, a suffering alongside of, or life will sort of force you into it because it's archetypal. I, I find that I have a very nice outlet at times in prayer and meditation. I'll be honest, sometimes I hate doing those things. And yet it's the discomfort, the, the, the feeling of being with that burning discomfort 
that is actually the most empowering and beneficial part of the practice. Not always, but sometimes. Similarly, for me, working out, it's not like it's fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, but it is in a way because I like the burn, you know, up until the moment that I don't, in which case then I have to dig deeper and find a deeper level of passion and commitment to something that's hard. Doing hard things. It's the name of a podcast that Ashley likes to listen to. We, we can do hard things. I think it's called. Anyway, doing hard things almost always requires sacrifice. Uh, Mars is related to the word martyr, which also means to die or sacrifice oneself on behalf of something that one believes in. So Mars is also asking us always suffer with this right now. Carry this hot thing in your hands, your, your metaphorical hands. And if you do, and you just you just get through it, you will find that your your whole life has more passion available because you become more willing to passionately persevere and sacrifice through anything you're doing, which usually lends tremendous soulfulness and depth. You don't think of Mars as a soulful planet, but I mean, if you if you play like I think for example of the song. Um, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. I think it's Brian Adams. He says, I, I, he's talking about, I, I got, he got a six string guitar. He's like a high schooler in the song, I think. He says, I played it until my fingers bled, right? That's it. And we all need that in our lives. We need something, like when Mars transits come up, they it might just feel like, man, Mars is just messing with me in this, this, and this way, making everything really intense and dramatic. Yes, but Mars is also reminding us that a soulful life is a life filled with passion, sacrifice, perseverance, burning with things. It's better than just thinking of Mars as a fever. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, you know, what's the song? You know, that jazz song, that blues song, you give me fever. I think that's how it goes. This is Mars. If we can remember these things about Mars, not always in the moment, but if we can hold that kind of bigger picture of Mars, what initially seems like it's nothing more than conflict, violence, and anger becomes opportunities for courage under fire. When we think of nothing but injuries, fevers, intense emotions, accidents, we can also think of the freeing, empowering, individuating qualities when we think of Mars as bringing frustration and conflict and separation, we can also think of Mars as bringing perseverance, sacrifice, and passion. You, even, even just holding all of these things rather than just the negative things will help us to alleviate anxiety. I hope that this has been a useful exploration of Mars and that you feel a little bit more empowered, that you feel strong in your heart. Uh, for, for hearing these things. That's it for today. I hope you guys are having a good one. We'll see you again tomorrow.